they do is they they um, they get requests from children in Iraq and other war-torn countries to get prosthetics here in the United States. And um, Ahmed was here in the States getting reconstructive eye surgery and face surgery and also a prosthetic arm. Um, and I had the opportunity to spend a few days with him. And this is a poem about him. What's going on in here? Well, I told you, we're remodeling closets. I knew this was going to happen eventually, but not so soon. Come on, it's a new year, time to start over. Plus, we need more room for all your nasty construction boots. Uh, you mean stiletto heels? Whatever, they take up a lot of space, Imelda. So what's the difference between this year's closet and last year's closet? Well, um, we're going to have more student voice, regular guest editorials. What about the music and the insightful investigative reporting? Um, oh, the gossip. Yeah, that'll still be there. Oh, thank my rainbows. Great. Let's get started. Hand me a glue stick and the glitter. Welcome to Closets Are For Clothes. And we are here on uh, WCBN FM Ann Arbor. And this you're listening to Closets Are For Clothes which is on every Wednesday from 6 to 7 p.m. We Gabe is out um, flagging down our guests this evening, and, um, and, and I guess we only needed four headsets, so we're, we're set. Um, thank you so much, Alex. Alex is wonderful, but I need to, I just need to be honest with you. That piece just before we went on the air, um, I, I need to decompress. I am having uh, just a an emotional bodily reaction, visceral reaction to the piece that was just on, um, which is the um, free speech radio network. And I did not realize there's been protesters um, going around where I work and things. And there, I was like, you know, what in the world? I can't, I'm far enough, the, the window in my office is far enough away that I can't see where they're, you know, what the signs are saying. But at the same time, they're close enough that I can hear them saying no. And it's like, rah, rah, rah. no, rah, rah, rah. no. And I'm like, what is like, you know, and then of course there's always the, um, now. And so I know it's some type of protest or whatever. Well, I didn't realize that today is the fifth anniversary that we invaded Iraq. And so therefore I, I, I totally like, okay, my day is now, I completely understand what's been going on um, at my place of work and what's going on and where, wh why there's been all this flurry of activity. Um, and, but I have to admit, there's a part of me that's just feeling partly guilty that I'm not part of that anti-war movement, that I'm not part of that, um, the, the movement to, to be there for, for other communities and other activist groups and things. And, and I have to admit that I, I, I do have that, that guilt or that need to really feel that, um, like, that I have to be a part of that. And, um, but at the same time, the stories that are that are coming out in the the story the the piece that was just before us in Free Speech Radio, is at the same time they're talking about how they have to teach these soldiers how to dehumanize 
another person so that they would be able to fight against them. And and one of their cheers being that um, being that you know there are brothers and sisters. Our, our resistance is not necessarily futile, but resistance um, is happening. And um, but at the same time. Um, and if that chair doesn't work, you guys can use a, another chair. That's fine. Um, and, um, but at the same time, it's just been just knowing that there are brothers and sisters over there in Iraq and, and how our soldiers are being taught and, and brainwashed to make them feel that, they, um, that these, these uh, folks over there are um, against us or are... Um, are, are um, that they have to dehumanize them to and and make sure that they are not um, human. I guess that's what dehumanizing means. But um, but having that that feeling of we're they have to they have to do something to make sure that they aren't feeling. Um, connected or that they don't realize that there's another human being on the other side of that uh, scope or gun or what what have you. And so it just really, it, it just it brings up more concerns of if these are peacekeeping people, then if we're in there as a peace mission, then why in the world are they, do these people have to be so dehumanized? And I think that is part of the issue that I guess I continually have with everything is that when I meet people that are different than I or people that are from other communities or people that are um, that, that the first thing that I'm supposed to be looking at is that they're that they're real people that there are people that are there across the table from me or people that are that are um, that there are walking with me in my journey and things and I have to admit that that that's the hard part in the sense of to hear us uh, spending that much money, um, I think they said like $600 billion, soon to be trillions of dollars on this war to make sure that, that these soldiers are feeling dehumanized. And, um, and and I just really feel that I guess our money could have been spent so many in so many other ways, especially when they were protesting in front of um, – oh, see, this is where I need Gabe. I think it's the um, – not APEC, but the um, the Oil Big Institute in in what is it? OPEC. That's what it is. Thank you. I guess I could keep part of the part of the headphones off my ear <laughs> so that I can. But OPEC, so that um, I can be able to, um, you know, that they're spending trillions of dollars, and they're trying to say they have OPEC out of the system, and um, so that we don't have to rely on the gas. Well, could we have spent that trillions of dollars on maybe finding much more greener pastures and things like that? So. I don't know. So I just had to decompress really quick um, and uh, get that out because I just was was having too much of a, a reaction to that previous piece and um, and moving on to a much more much fun much more fun uh, piece that we're going to be doing this evening. We have some absolutely wonderful guests and. Um, um, and so we're going to get to that just a, just a minute because I want to make this other incredible announcement because we've had some previous previous guests on, um, in fact, some previous co-hosts um, on that. Um, I have some really great news. Um, that Homo Factus Press um, it probably congra congratulates Eli Clare on his 2007 Lambda uh, Literary Award finalist nomination for the Marrow's Telling Words in Motion. Um, it's a collection of poetry and prose. Um, the Marrow's Telling spans 15 years exploring how bodies c carry history, identity over time. Um, embracing uh, contradictions and repetition, um, this work maps itself around embodied experiences of disability, race, Race, gender, transgression, and transition, family violence, and sexuality. 
And Eli Clare um, was actually on our show um, probably about four, about four months ago. I think it was back in November. And um, and he was on our show talking about, actually, um, the Marrow's Telling. And it was it was really quite an insightful uh, interview and um, him reading some of his poetry on the air. So um, I just thought that was really a wonderful uh, that we were quite the cutting edge in Closets Are For Clothes and getting a liter- Lambda Literary Award um, on the air. And then also um, uh, Jay Sennett, who has been a co-host with us many times um, on this program, um, who is uh, the founder of Homo Factus Press, um, and then how he is going to, um, and how, so those two uh, local folks um, actually um, are, are making it big. So you saw them when they were just the little people, you know, now they're going to be, you know, these national treasures and, and um and so that's just really exciting news. They're right now trying to put something together locally um, to discuss the, the, um, uh, this book, uh, Mar- The Marrow's Telling, and um, to have some, uh, some more discussion and meaningful discussion um, and talking about experiences of transgender people and how we can um, do some work around that, uh, our own or just in our community. And, um, and so, so that was one of the things that I just wanted. That there is going to be an announcement um, soon uh, about that. So congratulations, Jay Sennett. Um, and uh, so we're going to be able to, um, uh, on, on from Home Factus Press and also uh, with the Marrow's Telling with Eli Clare on winning the 2007 Lambda Literary Award uh, finalist nomination. So congratulations. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be uh, back um, to have a talk about some exciting things. So um, I'll see you on the other side.
are back. Absolutely. Welcome back to Closet Stuff for Clothes, WCBN FM Ann Arbor. So I am very excited yes. to have oh our gosh. guests, um, Susan and Jan. Woohoo! Publishers, ex- editors extraordinaire. Absolutely. <laughs> of Between the Lines, the. LGBTQ newspaper. Is there any other? There is not. Absolutely. I mean, there's, I think this is. And it's it's like they're celebrating a birthday, anniversary, bar mitzvah. <laughs> yeah. Bas mitzvah. Bas mitzvah. <laughs> Coming out party. Coming yeah. out party. <laughs> Quinceanera. It's so, it's, it's sweet 15. Six, oh, 15. I was going to say 16. I know. We'll yeah. do the sweet 16. I know. The right. <laughs> ball is next year. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So, 15 years you've been in the biz. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty exciting amazing well congratulations thanks thank you it's exciting it's exciting to be here to share that story too and so much of what we do really is about the community obviously Mm -hmm. i mean without the community we wouldn't have the stories to write and we wouldn't have the Gossip to chew on, and some, <laughs> and some stories that you must have under, under uh, in that memory bank of yours. There's got to be some really juicy ones. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. The payoff's great, man. <laughs> <laughs> so when 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 is the actual April? April oh. is the um, we had a pre-launch at the Creating Change Conference in Detroit mm-hmm, last uh, mm-hmm. end of January, and yeah. um, we're working hard on archiving the. Um, Whatever we're going to showcase come June Pride, <laughs> we're archiving, and it's jogging our memories. And, you know, it's really exciting to report how much progress, in spite of all the bullshit we've put up with through the years, um, how much progress we're making. And there is a lot you of ball. Yeah, there is a lot of ball. Is that a Yeah. <laughs> no? No. <laughs> well, that's great. That's well, great. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry. So... So, mm-hmm. did you think that you were going to end up in this, in, in publishing, in newspapers? Did you want to work in and do this sort of... Oh, that work is not really... <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go ahead and say no. Next question is, what kind of paper do you know? Furthest thing from where, we, where I was going, but yeah, I Susan's mean, got ink in her blood. <clears throat> I have ink in my blood. I mean, I love anything to do with communicating our stories. Mm, nice. And so, back in my youth... Um, Which was just a few years ago. Just a couple of days ago, Uh right? Um, (laughs) I had a printing press that was um, women-owned and operated in New York City in the 70s and 80s. And that's when we started printing our little hearts out. Now I get to do it with a newspaper. Yeah. How did you do that, uh, you know, in your youth? That's great. I didn't know better. So, (laughs) you know. Well, there you go. That's usually naive. In 19, yeah, 1975, I was 21. And I thought, we need a printing press. We need, you know, a revolution. Absolutely. Because they're fun. And I don't know what to do with it, but we're going to use it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I I didn't know how to run. And I need to build upper body strength by cranking (laughs) it. (laughs) Yeah. And. And we're paying for it with arthritis. No, but I think, I think, um, but Tower Press has an incredible history. I mean, that was one of the, it was a lesbian owned press in New York in the seventies. And, uh, you know, a lot of people who are in our generation, a little bit more tenured. Yes. Tenured. Um, (laughs) you know, you mentioned Tower Press in in New York and it's, it's an institution. It's, it's not there anymore, but like when. Gay Men's Health Crisis wanted to print uh-huh, up the, uh-huh. the their posters and everything. Mm-hmm. A lot of printers wouldn't touch it. They thought it was pornographic, and it was Tower Press that got that stuff out. So, you know, 
Susan's been raised in hell for a long time. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, you're allowed oh. to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. So this is going to be a discovery of words all That's throughout right. this all. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, we have candid conversations in the newsroom. So Right, right. Uh, absolutely. Right. I forgot. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's okay. About well, it's glad to make you feel that, that comfortable, you know. Hey, yeah, so. you know. Yeah, we'll just say anything. <laughs> <laughs> and what, you really are from the press. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. That's right. Bring it on. Um, we're, we're the questioning press. Yeah, you know, yeah right. right. <laughs> we're not repeating news, just uh, press releases here. But but go. before before I was involved in the paper, because I don't have a, a journalism print background, oh. I was executive director of Affirmations. That's right. And it was really frustrating trying to organize a community that didn't know what was going on. Absolutely. Because there's only so many times you can tell the same things. You got to show up here. You got to show up here. You got to show up here. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you forget what you you forget everything. You know, so. I just felt like, you know, a newspaper was such a gaping hole in the things that we needed to organize because it's important for people to, like, get on the same page, literally. Yes. And figure out. And we it. know our gaping holes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. Oh, you, you totally set that up. I did. <laughs> <laughs> on purpose, Gabe. I knew you'd go for it. <laughs> I usually go for the gaping holes. So, <laughs> so you saw the need and you met the need. That's great. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Well... <laughs> oh, she met me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you and go. you went the needy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were both on the board of the National Gay Lesbian Task Force, so this is a, a board romance. We oh. met. Susan was from New York, and I was from here, obviously. And then somehow she got convinced to move here. She still thinks she's in New York. She oh, still keeps it. looking for the A train. No, Don't tell her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They keep me locked up in a room. Yeah. But, um, no, it explains a lot. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see, I'm so excited. Yeah. I got out. Um, you know, I I've just always loved the idea of doing a newspaper. And New York City, that was a little hard to sort of manage without the technology back in the 70s and 80s. But um, when I met Jan, and she had such a stellar reputation here, mm-hmm. I said, and she was getting ready to leave mm-hmm. Affirmations, and I said, hey, I've got a new job for you. Now, and did, uh, did leaving affirmations come before? Uh, yeah. Like, okay. So you yeah. were ready to go. You're just looking for something else. Right. Okay. I was going into teaching. Oh, okay. I didn't. I never made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're teaching us a lot about our community. How oh, about that's that? it. There yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Well, you so. know, Between the Lines started here in Ann Arbor um, oh. in 1993 in April, and um, it changed hands twice as a monthly here. And then I had the opportunity to meet with the editor um, Shannon Rhodes, who was then the owner and operator of Between the Lines, and we had breakfast one day, and she said, would you like to take over the operations? And I said, absolutely. Wow. Oh. So I came home from breakfast, and Jan said, how was your morning? And I said, I bought the newspaper. And she said, you what? <laughs> <laughs> what did you have for breakfast? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> oh, it was that super soy shake. <laughs> Some lesbian tofu. That's right. right. And um, so Susan comes home and says, I bought a paper. Right. And Jan says... I, pff, who knew? <laughs> you know? And 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 uh, so we started doing it. And and again, like Susan, I remember the f- we, what we did was we put together really a group of our friends. We did it in our basement, and we had some fantastic people working with us. Uh, John Burchette, who went on to become oh, yeah. Jennifer Granholm's mm-hmm. chief of staff, mm-hmm. and is is working with uh, Google now, right? Yep. No, yep. He's is he's, Google. Yeah, yeah, Google. and um. 
Shay Howell, who's the head of the communications department at Oakland University, and Gary Roberts, who was the president of Affirmation. A lot of people, very smart people. I yes. don't know why they were, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and they were they came over and, and did a lot of, you know, th- th- we would sit around and go, okay, now what do we do? And we just sort of like divvy up the stories and start writing and, you know, critiquing each other's work. And Well, I got restless with the monthly thing, so we went bi-weekly. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, pretty quickly we went week- to we weekly were, to bi-weekly. Yeah. Oh, bi-weekly to weekly. Monthly to monthly bi-weekly. to biweekly. Thank you. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's she's confused. We're going it's forward. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Um, but hmm. it it wasn't about 15 months that we took it from it. We just stepped it up and escalated it. And I, it's because every week of that monthly, I was rewriting and rewriting and rewriting. Those things and, kept changing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I said this is ridiculous. So we went biweekly, and then after that, it seemed ridiculous not to go weekly. And what was your circulation back then? How many how many people did you think you you reached, and how did you get it out? And well, we people? we when we first got it, when we first started working on it, was when it was a monthly. We would do probably about twelve twelve to fifteen thousand a month. Wow! Mm. And now what we're doing is twenty thousand a week. Wow! So, we went, so we've gone from like twelve to fifteen thousand a month to ninety to a hundred thousand a month. Amazing! Wow! Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And the paper's gone from twenty-eight to thirty-two pages in a monthly, and we're averaging forty-eight to fifty-two in a in the weekly. And so. even before that, before you took it over, it was it was like half the size, wasn't it? Or wasn't it? N- no, was it, it always been. It was always size? a tabloid. Yeah. God, I, I have a copy of the between lines on the desk. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> this size, I actually pointed to it. Realized, oh, our listeners can't see that. Right. Um, we look also, great on radio. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Very slenderizing. <laughs> Absolutely. So what is, I'm, I'm, and I'm sure there's a lot, but what do you think, what would you say has affected the production and the, the you know, cradle to grave sort of issue to issue? What, what, is really, what has really grown about it? Like what, are, what has helped it grow so, so large so in the 15 years? Wow, well, there's so many things. That it, I would say that um, the breadth and depth and access to um, the community in the last 10 years, especially with email and acceleration, mm-hmm. we've just gotten so much talent over the years to come in and to start contributing to the paper. So we have a really deep base of freelancers. Mm-hmm. Really, really, um, that is exciting, both nationally and here in the state of Michigan. Um, and then the production techniques that we use are way different today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than we started with and um, you know everything's almost seamless you you push a button and you know the page goes up to the printer somewhere up in flushing and um, goes mm-hmm. on to a press and it's ready in less than 24 hours we've wow. got a paper in the garage so those are pretty miraculous things the whole changing nature of the newspaper business that we've been a part of it's a little nerve-wracking mm-hmm. <laughs> right oh I bet I bet yeah, I think the techno- technology has really changed, and also the whole advent of the Internet. But I think that, that really the underlying thing of be, under all of it has been the, the incredible growth of the community. Right. Oh. Um, and, and more and more people coming out, more and more of, of the business community understanding yes. that the gay and lesbian community is everywhere, and they're in their stores, and they're, they're, you know, they're, they're in their employee cadre. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so as a result, I think that the gay community, which is huge, is so much more out and so much more visible that um, it makes our job just that much more 
you know, exciting and easy. And there's a lot of people that work on the paper. It takes about 40 or 50 people a week to get the paper out, wow. all told. So it's, it's yeah, but that Chris Azarati who comes, you know, he yeah, is a fabulous. Isn't he uh, yeah, great? <laughs> Isn't he great? We love Chris too. We love that guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's he's really talented, and we're 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 really glad he joined our team. And he's got a, a sassy edge to him that's just a ton of fun. Yes, yes, <laughs> and we love it. <laughs> so when. When you first started increasing circulation, when you hit the ground running, it's 1993, was there pushback? Were there people who were saying, no way, not a well, good paper? Yeah, I think um, you have to, 1993 was the third march on Washington. Uh-huh. And a lot of change started to come into the states throughout the country after that. They really pushed out, and you started seeing the formation here in Michigan of groups that were organizing at the auto companies. Mm-hmm. Workplace organizing was really very, very big. And we just heard the words same-sex marriage. Mm. That was the very first yeah. time Hawaii was on, and we had a new president who was saying he was going to... Uh, not ex- exactly do what he said he was going to do. That's right. right? <laughs> oh, well. That's but right. at least, I mean, I remember that March going by the White House and realizing that for the first time in my life, and I'd been marching in Washington for a number of years, since the 79 March for gay rights and before that for um, anti-war marches, but I remember walking by and thinking, and tears coming to my eyes, that finally we were welcome mm-hmm. At a White House. And in fact, he did invite, Bill Clinton did invite um, the very first gay national leadership to the White House to have a meeting. And so that was a very symbolic, affirming and changing moment. However, the 90s still had a lot of built-in resistance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the change was still, the infrastructure here was not that strong. Um, And we saw, we started to see really significant change after, I think, after 2000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would. I would think that Absolutely. was the deal. Yeah, yeah, it really, it really just escalated. Yeah, ballooned. And I think that that um, one of the things we we found when we were doing the um, going back over the 15 years, getting ready for this exhibit that we're doing in June, which is the 15 years of the community through Between the Lines Eyes. We're going to have it on display at Affirmations for a month, the month of June. And then it'll travel. Oh wow! Yeah, it'll travel too around. It'll um, be here at some point. Yeah, brilliant. Ann Arbor. But we've, so we've been going back over this, and when in the early issues, it really struck us how few people, and we're remembering too, how few people would let us put their picture in the paper, oh, or yeah. who would yeah. use I their full name, that, who would yeah. identify, who would let us use their full name, and now we got people calling us, going, "Girl, why didn't you put my picture in the paper?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm sorry about that call. I know it was really late. <laughs> <laughs> And we've seen it on the, on the other side, too, on the advertising side. When we started the paper, 80 to 90 percent of our advertisers were gay-identified businesses. They were either bookstores, bars, therapists, or professionals that were gay and they were out. And now the whole ratio is completely flipped, where 80 percent of our advertisers are non-gay business. Our biggest segment's car dealers. Mm. And Oh, wow. Ten years ago, there was not a car dealer who was going to be... Wow. You know, there was one out here that would do it, uh, Phillips. And banks. I, the, the, that was what, when I picked it up, I was like, oh my gosh, a full page ad by this bank. Right. I was just like. Even though they have monkeys in their ads. Well, that's true. That's yeah. <laughs> Are you finding the same? Did the same happen with politicians in terms of, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They're always behind the beat. Mm-hmm. They're always behind the beat. The, 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 the political change is always the last. So I kind of feel like that's the last 
you know, big hurdle is to get the political the political community to catch up with both the business community and the social community, especially the young people. Mm-hmm. They just don't know what all this fuss is about with gays. Yeah. Well, you know, it was amazing. I had an opportunity to um, hang out with a 19-year-old and drive her back up to Frankenmuth to get a lift to school to Houghton. That was a whole thing, you wow. know. <laughs> and we were talking, and the level of taking things for granted was just phenomenal. Sure. Um, and at one point, I asked her how things were going on campus with politics and the presidential campaign. And she said, well, how many, you know, most students were for Obama, but, you know, Hillary, she had to do some homework. And at one point, I turned around, and I said, you know, Women couldn't vote 85 years ago. And she said, really? I mean, she... Oh, my gosh. There was no... You know, and, and part of me wanted to just go, really? Yes, <laughs> yes really? Yes. She didn't realize her life was in peril at that point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, there was a smile on my face as well because, um, I mean, we want to get to that point. I mean, this this campaign, this national campaign right now in our country oh. is so exciting. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, I feel like... You know, who would have ever imagined? I would never, at the age of 55, you know, f- imagined that we would have the slate of candidates on the Democratic side to pick from. Right. And to have the kinds of conversation and dialogue that we're, we're actually moving toward. You know, yesterday yes. was a big day in the presidential debates of, I mean, the speech that Obama gave was absolutely pretty amazing. So, absolutely. you know, and we're thinking at a different level. And I think that... Um, certainly here in Michigan, the gay community has paid a huge price um, with these wedge issues and this politics, yeah. and, you know, but we are stronger for it. Mm-hmm. I have seen so many positive things since the 2004 anti-gay Prop 2 amendment. I have just seen tremendous. It's shown that we're resilient, right? Mm-hmm. Which is we've yeah. had to be. We've had no choice but to be resilient and we've, we've proven it. Yep. We've done yeah, it. I think that one of the things, too, is that it really woke people up. And, you know, I think that there were a lot of people who um, got involved in that campaign and got involved in organizations after the 2004 Prop 2 anti-marriage amendment was passed. People who never thought something like that would happen in their state. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like out here in Ann Arbor, you know, uh, Ann Arbor is so free. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a bubble. Yeah, it's a bubble. And I think that we need to uh, spread that. We need to, sp- yeah. s- to yeah. spread, spread the bubbles. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. The problem is, I think they're trying to pop it right now. <laughs> <laughs> we need Lawrence Welk. We need to yeah. spread the bubbles, okay? <laughs> but I think also there's th- what I find exciting is places like like Ann Arbor is a great source of new young leadership. Uh-huh, who uh-huh. I think it's great they take it for granted. Yeah, absolutely. That you know, Gabe was one of the co-chairs of the Creating Change Conference, which the task force was just gushing. They said it was the best one ever that they did, and they've done it for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Hats off, mm-hmm. Gabe. Absolutely. Yeah. Hard and work on those chairs. Yeah. Yes, yep. absolutely. And it was it was a fantastic thing for the city and and um, and for the state because yeah. you know people don't think of Michigan as as a place where where gay politics is important, and it happens, and it's it's absolutely is yes. because right? again about what we've had to face and what we do face and you know part of it is you know you say the next generation of leaders and it's true like trying to get the campus activated right you know just not activism but activated to do things right and not just expecting, like, oh, you know, so so ambivalent about stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the right to vote. I mean, just to be able to be there and mm-hmm. be able to say, I can vote. Or, mm-hmm. or um, 
you know, walk down the street with whatever outfit I decide to wear, pajamas or whatever, right. or low cut whatever. I just found out the state of Florida banned low wearing pants. Pants. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the? In hey? school? It, no. Period. Just the whole state. You are you not can't allowed. Like, to... uh, I forgot what it's called. Where they look like you're gonna fall well, off. Yes, like yes. that. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is exciting. This week we report, you know, Idaho, I, I forget the city in Idaho that we report on banned, the library banned the joy of sex and the joy of gay uh-huh. sex. Uh-huh. Yes. And, you know, the joy of gay sex had been checked out of that library <laughs> seven times last year. And this is a very, very So small... it's never been in the library. <laughs> <laughs> right. They can't they find renewing it. it. That's right. <laughs> well, and, you know, now what's going to happen is, you know, now Barnes and Noble and Borders, they have to stock up because they're going <laughs> to, there's going to be an in of people who want that book. Maybe it was their idea. Well, right. yeah. they didn't remove it completely from the library, but they you now have to ask the librarian who will keep it behind her. And I would totally walk up to the desk and be like, hi, can I have Joy of Gay Sex? <laughs> <laughs> as right. loud as possible. Yeah. yeah Quickest get, way to find intercom. a date. Do, do a snap, too. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's brilliant. Okay, so let's take a quick break. Um, and on the other side, we'll, I want to hear about some stories. I want to hear about interviews. And I want to hear about... Oh, boy. You know, <laughs> okay. both good and the bad. All right. Okay. Uh, you're listening to Closets for Clothes, WCBNF in Ann Arbor. And... We will be right back.
I love it. So thanks for joining us. We are talking with um, the publishers, owners, editors, goddesses Extraordinaire, of... Extraordinaire. Uh, of, of Between the Lines. Yes. Jan Stevenson, Susan Horowitz. Absolutely. And... I'm ready to dish. All right. I got some dish. Okay. <laughs> dish it. Serve it, girl. Serve. Well, a couple, Fierce. Of, a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, okay, we got a bomb scare at our office. Oh, wow. And it came in the form of a letter, and it came on um, Michigan State House of Representatives letterhead. Oh, my goodness. Okay? So, you know, we reported to the police, yada, yada, we did all this stuff. But I thought, you know, as a good citizen of Michigan... I kind of felt it was my responsibility to tell my representative that I got this letter just because I thought he might want to know someone's ripping off his stationery or something. Or, some, uh-huh. or just I thought, you know, I'm your constituent. I think you might want to know this, right? So I called him up. It was Rocky Rajkowski, who was my <laughs> uh, my uh, my uh, rep at the time. He no longer is, thank God. But anyway. It's like a cartoon name. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. He is do, 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 Rocky Rinchowski. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dear Rocky. Rocky is not what you'd call um, anything other than right wing. He's a, he's a right wing guy. So anyway, I called him up, and I think I spoke to one of his aides, and I said, you know, this happened. I got this thing. It was on the letterhead from the state house. I just think you should know. That was fine. Thank you very much. And I get this very nice letter from Rocky saying, I didn't write that letter. (laughs) (laughs) It had never occurred to me up until that moment that he might have, you know? All right. (laughs) Dear Jan, the bomb threat was not from me. Yeah. Right. Heart rocking. Yeah. Yeah, that was sort of it. I I loved a part of that whole thing with the bomb scare, which was really actually quite unnerving for about 10 seconds, you know, until we got pissed. Bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the police show up to take a a report. Oh, yeah, this is great. And this guy just, he's in awe of the office and and all these queers that are working. And, you know, (laughs) how do you all work as if he said I've only met gay people I've arrested (laughs) (laughs) and then we couldn't get rid of them (laughs) and then you were like "Um, I've only met cops that I've asked to arrest me (laughs) (laughs) and he kept coming back over I think he he had a thing for you he kept coming back he wanted us to educate him he wanted me to come up and do you know what is it diversity training at the police but I mean it was it was actually gave me pause. To, yes. You know, yeah. all right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We have a problem, an issue here we need to. That's awesome. Address. That was funny. Oh, my that gosh. Was funny. Yeah. We have people that call us um, uh, that, you know, not at, we don't print everything we get. Uh-huh. You know, Ben oh. Franklin writes to us <laughs> oh. regularly. Oh, okay. He sends in columns. <laughs> okay. We Great. Can't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, oh, we wow. have a couple of other colorful people that show up just sort of at the office now and then who so do you have people that like will call you specifically to like say okay i need to um i'd like to come out out or i want to offer you the exclusive right we've had that happen a couple of times quite Um, a number of times i when we're talking about that i want everyone listening to know you know anytime you've got a news tip or you want to tell us something that's going on out there we are anxious to hear about it Mm. we need to know hear from you and um, they can just reach us through the website so go to the website go to the website yeah. pridesource.com uh-huh. right and there's plenty of places to click on and email to the paper and we all get it and we um, just love to hear from anyone that needs to talk to us so. that's great mm-hmm. you said yeah that's really right. important absolutely but actually in one of our first 
our first or second year, I think, our second year, I forget, um, Alan Gilmore, who would, was the vice chairman of the Ford Motor Company, he had retired. Mm-hmm. He um, agreed to be interviewed by the paper and to come out and to talk about what it was like for him to be a gay man working at Ford for 30-some-odd years. Huh. And um, that ended up being a tsunami in the business world. It got picked up by the Wall Street Journal and Business Week and, and a number of other publications ended up doing... Some, other exposés on on him and his career. And then when he went back to Ford seven years later, Bill Ford went back in and and rehired him. Wow. uh, um, So he was the the highest-ranking executive in the United States who was openly gay. So that was pretty cool. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. He was a very gracious, very, very elegant man. It was, it was a fun interview, and it was... Uh, and talk about change. I mean, that is a man oh, who has who has definitely affected... Our, I mean, even if, you, even if you don't think you've been affected by him, there's so many things in the state of Michigan that he has... Touched. Touched, exactly. Yeah. That, that <clears throat> there's a lot of things that I've just done that if it wasn't for him... It, I don't, you know, in fact, I realize every day sometimes it's like, oh, that Alan, again, was in my life doing such and such and <laughs> affected my life in this way. So he's, a, wow. he was that, I'm glad he, he did that. He is very gracious and he was very understated in, 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 at least when he talked with us, when that story started to happen and unfold and he agreed to the interview, um, we impressed on him that this would have the kind of tsunami effect and he he just didn't see that happening. Mm. And since then, of course, has had such an impact and, and served nationally as a voice and mm-hmm. also here in the state and been a major supporter of um, LGBT mm-hmm. uh, and other social change. Oh, absolutely. Type. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did that mean to be exclusive? But yes, yeah. exactly. He's, he's really been um, been responsible. In fact, the Lesbian and Gay Community Center in Ferndale is named after him and his partner nice. for the donations that he made happen there. Nice. So yeah, it's a good friend. So that was a, that was a, that was a remarkable story. And when when Susan said that he he didn't really think it was going to be that big of a deal, he couldn't imagine that people would care. Wow! Oh my gosh! You know? And um, so I think that sort of says a lot about Absolutely. him and his his sort of lack of ego on that. Yeah. So just, and that's yeah. interesting. Do you see that a lot? That people sort of say, "Oh, it's no, I'm going to be in the paper. No one's going to really." pick up on it mm-hmm. but right. well i think wrong, so, right? some people yes yeah. yeah, so i it's think life changing you know i know when i before i got in the newspaper business i used to think newspapers were done by elves in space Ooh. you know they just showed up on your doorstep i didn't know how they got there we've medicated them? her since yeah then. i was yeah. gonna say <laughs> elves in space right i like it yeah. and my next film i think yeah, yeah. Really? Elves in space yeah really yeah. have them doing a newspaper That's and, and, and I think, uh, uh, you know, I think that some people think the gay paper, only gays read it. Jewish news, only Jews read it. You huh. know, uh, right. that kind of thing. And definitely our readership is concentrated in the gay community, but a lot of people look at it for a lot of different reasons. Absolutely. And, um, and, not, and also our enemies read it pretty oh. regularly. Mm. So if they see something that they can pounce on, they'll go after it. Do you mind if I share about the internet story that you were saying? Yeah. That, um, that one of, I think it's a great use of resources of, for, your own, for your own sake, because it apparently found out during the, the musical break that um, Gary Glenn is your best editor of your <laughs> site. Uh, <laughs> because he, you like, sh- do a shout out to Gary. Thanks a lot. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure he listens to this show too. Oh, I bet he does. Exactly. He's taking notes. But uh, he apparently calls you regularly when links don't work. Or Yeah. Um, Gary Glenn is the president of the American Family Association and probably the most virulent anti-gay voice mm-hmm. in the state. And he reads us regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he claims for research. Yes. And, um, <laughs> yeah, he, I think it's the back ads. He's <laughs> <laughs> looking yeah. for a car. That's yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another person that came out in her paper was Charles Pugh. Yes, he did. Uh, I think it's three years ago now. And Charles Pugh is the one of the uh, news anchors at uh, Fox 2 in Detroit area. So, yes. um, And has since announced that he'll be leaving that position in 09 and possibly running for the mayor of Detroit wow. or oh. the city council. city council. I wait, wait, I'm getting ahead. Okay. Of, I'm getting ahead for his sake. There's going to be an opening that mayor's talk. I was going to say, what do we know? Did something happen today? Wait, <laughs> I just got a text. Hold on. <laughs> exactly. So, so you know the the one of the features that I love about the paper is creep of the week. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And that's brilliant. It is. Absolutely. I'm surprised you only have one column. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. Deanne Witkowski, who was our former um, assistant editor over at the paper, and she's now here at the U of M full-time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the review, At the right? graduate school. Oh, right. She's, okay. Yep. And uh, doing a lot of work um, with her poetry, and she's getting noticed. But she continues with that column to this day. And I know she has a hard time every week deciding who she's going to actually, you know, hone in on and every single one of them deserves that Mm -hmm. opportunity to be exposed right there in that column Mm -hmm. and she does it with a lot of wit and a lot of facts and Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. people can really um they should pay attention i think there's been a few times where there's been like surprises i'm just like what like why are they and then when i read i'm like what they did oh Oh, yeah yeah, now i get it it's incredible Mm -hmm. it's totally incredible i know um like last week, Sally Kern, the state rep from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. That that oh. was, you know, I mean, I, f- I feel like that column has gotten a lot of national attention for the paper, which we appreciate, too. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we also break stories from time to time that um, we d- we've had a couple last year that were are ongoing, actually. There's another development I got today about it, but we've been working with uh, the Ingham County Health Department to stop collecting the names of people that are HIV positive. And this is something you would think does not happen, but it has yeah. been happening. And um, what do you, Can you explain more? I don't uh, yeah, well, we had a, the story's been, we've done about four stories in 2007, and um, they admitted that they'd been um, collecting. Uh, a signature from a person that would then say, yes, I am HIV positive and I will do the following things and obey the law and sign something and have that name be attached to a file that's attached to a record number, oh. which is a form of a list yes, that we're is. not supposed to be keeping. Um, and it's been a long, interesting, long yeah. battle. So <clears throat> we discovered this and we're working with Jay Kaplan at the ACLU LGBT Project and Ingham County um, to try to rectify it but there's wow. 17 years worth of records wow that shouldn't have been kept in the that first shouldn't place. have been kept yeah. in the first place amazing amazing so you know we like it's a kind of thing that you know watchdog we see that as, as we see that as our role but uh i don't think the other media are going to be um that interested in a story like that huh wow so, mm-hmm. so one of the other things who is picking out your comics 
<laughs> you know, how do comic strips? I mean, some of them okay. are like absolutely fabulous. And I'm like, some of them I miss, but I guess they're also not well, printing they anymore. Stop, or they're yeah, not. They're the not co- yeah. I forget which <laughs> one. Oh, the Chelsea boys. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They, they retired. I know. Yes. I know. They Darn it. They weren't them. old enough. <laughs> they grew up. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, I, feel, I really miss but, them, too. Oh, how do you choose? I mean, do you just get just inundated with comic strips or do they? No. no. Well, what what happens is that you know, when we started this paper, one of the things I was concerned about was how are we going to fill the space? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are we going to make it? You know, oh my God. And um, Desiree Cooper, who was a, a good friend of mine and at the time was uh, the editor of the Metro Times, we went and met with her and said, you know, geez, we're going to do this and we, we aren't quite sure how to do it. She, and I said, I'm really worried about not having enough news to fill. She said, that's. Don't worry about that. That's the least <laughs> of your worries. That will not be a problem. And it's been a pro. And she was absolutely right. Every week we only print probably what about thirty or forty percent of what we could. Wow. Yeah. 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 Oh my god. Which is why we're going to start this year moving a lot of things online, Good. and we're going to be starting a citizen journalism project, which oh, I'm wow. really excited about. Yeah, Come make it really summer. dynamic. So Very cool. we will be nice. actually encouraging folks all around the state to participate with that piece of the website. Because there's so much more we'd like to do and link the communities. You know, we're one of the few gay papers in the country that identifies as a statewide paper. Hmm. Yes. And that's a noble thing. Absolutely. <laughs> but our, Quite our staff, an undertaking. Eh? It, it's mm-hmm. crazy. It's really, yeah. It's a big state. There's a lot happening, I'm proud to say, all over the state. And, and that goes back to Prop 2. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of organizing happened all across the state. And we've seen tremendous growth up in the Midlands, in Gary Glenn's neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but really wonderful changes and growth. Traverse City, uh, out, you know, out Benton in the West Harbor, Kalamazoo, mm-hmm. huge changes in infrastructure. Um, and of course, the Arcus Foundation is mm-hmm. out there doing mm-hmm. miraculous things. So there's been just enormous change here in the state of Michigan. So we want to capture it. But we're never going to be able to put out 110-page paper. Right. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> Which I think this is going to be, you know, capturing that history. Like, uh, I'm really excited to see that that uh, Michigan over the 15 years of the eyes are between the lines. That yeah. There's got to be some great archival stories and photographs yeah. there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, what has been some of the things like that you felt like you really have influenced changed in the state of Michigan? Well, one of the. Th- do you want to go? Go ahead. Okay. I think every other year uh, we do we do a. a Voter's Guide. Oh, yes. And one of the things that when Debbie Stabenow was elected to the U.S. Senate, um, she beat an incumbent, um, by 30. Spence Abraham. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he was a fairly popular senator. He was a, re- he was a Republican. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he was ahead in the polls by double digits. Yeah. yeah. And she won by 50,000 votes. Wow. We printed 50,000 voters guides. <laughs> no. Are you serious? The gays did it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We did it again. We did it again. Yeah. It was a it was a beautiful thing to see that change happen and uh, you know even a month out we weren't sure she would really carry it all because she was still under in the polls but she pulled out we like to have that fantasy that we had something to do I with it. I believe it was. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, well I, I think having one of the things that's been exciting with the with the with the gay community in Michigan is it's really waking up to its political power. Yes, mm-hmm. and and you can't have political power if you're not out. Exactly. And so as more and more people come out, we have more power. And what we're finding in the election cycles is that more and more candidates already know about us. They're coming to us. They want our endorsements. Mm-hmm. They want to know what we're mm-hmm. thinking. They right. want to be interviewed by us. 
And, you know, certainly one of the first voter's guide we did, which is 1996, they were they like, laughed. what Who? do you mean, gay people? There's no gay people. Yeah. I, I don't have any gay people in my district. You know? that's, you, that's incredible that you say that because, you know, like Craig Covey, you know, now yes. Ferndale mayor, you know, and I remember I could always tell at the Pride Parade if it was an election year mm-hmm. because half of the convertibles oh. with people in them would have these ba- would have politicians in them. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And also you've been able to influence probably a lot of change, getting the information out about people, especially with like Matt Safe Schools law. That's happening. I think right. we're doing yep. a lobby uh, day is happening next Wednesday, the 26th up mm-hmm. in Lansing. And everyone listening, if you've got nothing to do that day, it's a great way to spend the day. And there you really see the kind of changes that are happening in the state with youth leading the way. Absolutely. I mean, high schools are going to be filling buses up around uh, the area and going up to Lansing. And these young people are sitting in front of their elected officials and they're demanding change. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in this week's issue, we have a story from southwestern Michigan. I forget. Richland is is where um, the story came in from Gull, uh, Gull Lake High School. And these kids are just, they are the front, on the frontier mm. of change out there and doing some amazing things and really standing up and saying, we need our teachers mm-hmm. to take some decisive, Absolutely. to protect us. It's incredibly important, mm-hmm. right? Because bullying gay folks does not just hurt gay folks. It hurts everyone. Oh. It hurts straight folks, yeah. too. Yeah, it, it, hurts, it hurts everyone. So... We're seeing, we're, for me, that is, you know, we just think we're so all so important as we, who's going to take our place, you know. Well, a lot of people are going to take our place. Yep. A lot of well-informed, well-educated, really smart kids. And they're gay and they're straight and they're questioning and whatever. And they're out there. And they are really, I, we saw it at Creating Change, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just so excited. I thought, okay, I could retire. <laughs> 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 I see the day. <laughs> well, and that's exactly it. It's just there's so much energy. I mean, I thought I had a lot of energy. And then I see these these kids coming in Whippersnappers, really. And, oh, my gosh. It is, yeah. They are just, they're absolutely, they are just so wound up and so, and you know, so energetic. And, and the thing is, for me, is that if we could just direct that energy. I mean, and I think that some people have done that, obviously, yeah. in like Richland, you were saying. So. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at stats where, in uh, just the the like just before two thousand, there were one thousand gay straight alliances in in the country. There are now thirty five hundred gay wow. straight alliances in the country. Amazing, amazing, and yeah. that is an enormous. Momentum and, and change. There's still work to do. Oh right? yeah, we've got to break into the, the Detroit the public schools. Yes. We've got to break into the UP. Yes. right. Mm-hmm. There are places mm-hmm. where this work is continues to be mm-hmm. important. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, man. I mean, there's just so many different things that are, uh, and then there's also um, some surprises I think that have also happened. Like for me, and I know this is going to sound really weird, but like a sports page. I uh-huh. mean, <laughs> we have a sports page in there. I mean, oh, I, uh, yeah. I mean, I was that was amazing. Hey, you're talking to Dykes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on. Oh, I saw Sports? <laughs> what? <laughs> we want to talk about the Detroit Shock here. No. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. You know? It is exciting. I mean, you know, I think that that um, the, the it, when that column first came to us as an opportunity, you're talking about outfield, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it, and, you know, we've got tremendous um, sports activity all through the state. Right here in Ann Arbor, you've got the aquatic team and you've got front mm-hmm, runners mm-hmm. and... 
You know, I mean, it's just... And the, the huge softball leagues. The yeah. softball leagues and the bowling leagues. Bowling, my God. That's oh. one of the biggest groups yes. that meets each week. Is wow. Big gay bowlers, huh? Gay bowlers. Mm-hmm. It's big and time. it's a huge commitment, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's and like, they raise tons of money for you know? good stuff. Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, that's brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. So, like, how has the mission changed, like, from the beginning to, like, now? Like, has your mission... We know what we're doing now. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That helps. That helps. We have a mission. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, we have a plan. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. How has the mission changed? Um, well, I, it's not, a, go ahead. You don't know how a mission changed. I don't know. Well, I guess, I guess. You know, we still, the thing is, I yearn for the day. I do when we will not need a between the lines. Mm-hmm. And I know that we hear that said about all mm-hmm. these different isms and stuff, but when when it's part of um, when we're absolutely not having to have our voices in a unique publication that says you know this is these are our lives on the line out here mm-hmm. and not have it for that that particular reason and that we've won our civil rights so the landscape around our civil rights is that we've gotten more sophisticated and better organized but we have so much more to do now that we've had the constitution of the state amended I mean, that's right. Yeah, there are more stories to print yet to come. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah, I think you know. I, I think retire. one of the thi- <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things that that I think that is is sort of a push pull that goes on in in uh, the paper is that um, there's a lot of work to be done, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stuff that happens that is like totally uncool and violence and. And we want the commu- We don't want to be sort of the doom and gloom paper. But we also want people to feel proud of the paper and that it's their voice and that and that they also don't get complacent. So we're constantly sort of saying, yeah. you know, are we are, we're not in a post gay era. Oh, no. OK. Mm-mm. People, you know, that is not that's not a reality. It's a very dangerous. We, we believe, I think if I'm not speaking for you, but we believe that that's a, a dangerous thing to assume. That's right. Yeah. And we've got to keep out and proud in the papers, right? Yeah. And you've been listening to our special guests. Absolutely. 15 and 15 an anniversary honor. between the lines, Jane Stevenson, Susan Horowitz. And this has been Closets Are for Close. So check out Between the Lines on newsstands and at pridesource.com. And stay tuned for Who's That Girl? Thanks for listening to Closets Are For Clothes every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor 88.3. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500 or writing to 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. And don't forget our new email address, wcbncloisets at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed are solely those of the speaker and are not the opinions of WCBN or their licensees, the regents of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns and engineer Alex Belhaj, I'm Gabe Javier. Remember, be yourself because you don't get to be anyone else.
Long, long time. Hello, baby. You may. 